0: Heroes and thank you for answering the summoner's call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fireloom Heroes and the Fireloom franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too
1: bad. Been hectic, crazy couple weeks, at least for me. I knew vacations were so exhausting.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, sometimes you need a vacation from the vacation, and that's why we're here. We're, we're taking a break from the break,
1: right? Also, I have an extra week of downtime before I head back to
0: work, so. Well, there you go. You've already built in a vacation to your vacation, right? Yep. Very good. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Fire Emblem Heroes. That's why we're here. We're going to yeah, talk they, about They didn't the... take a vacation. <laughs> no, they did not take a vacation. They've been going strong. And uh, you may be wondering why this is in your feed a little later, and that's because we wanted to wait for the new heroes that launched. Uh, So they are now in the game, and we're going to be covering not only the special heroes that launched a couple weeks ago, but also the new heroes that uh, just launched yesterday as of this recording. So here are the banners running. We've got Weekly Revival 53 as well as 31 running right now. Summer's Dream Special Hero Revivals goes until the 21st. Legendary and Mythic Hero Remix goes until the 25th. Heroes with with Null Skills goes until the 31st. Taken by the Tide goes until the 6th of August. Summer Vacation goes until the 8th. And Amir and More also goes to the 8th. Eddie, some pretty big banners uh, since we last spoke. So how has your summoning been?
1: Um, I summoned on both the new banners. I don't remember all the details of the Niffle Summer banner. Uh, but I did end up getting all the units off of it, and I think I got like a spare niffle. Um, On the Selica Selica Ymir banner, I was mainly hunting Selica and Ymir, uh, but got a kind of weird first ring with two pity breaks. I think one was Eleanor. I don't remember who the second one was, but two five stars. Uh, But also started summoning on all four uh, colors for the chance to get uh, Kamui and Est. Uh, Got nothing but a four-star Kamui by the Spark, I decided I wanted Selika and Ymir with Boons and Banes, so I grabbed S off of the Spark, uh, cutting out two colors while I was uh, finishing up. Shortly after, I got Selika, and on the way to hunt down Ymir, I got a spare Selika on a ring that had no greens in it, and a three-star neutral atlas, uh, who was the bonus extra straight into the three- to four-star pool unit. Uh, And as just as it was about to stop, I ended up grabbing Ymir. So I got all of them there.
0: That's awesome. Yep, there was a reason that uh, Eddie texted and said, hey, uh, let's let's do this so we can talk about the banner so we can talk about the summoning. And uh, because I think the the heroes had been unveiled with enough time for us to record on a normal night. But uh, I'm glad we waited because it sounds like you really dove in there. So that's good. And how did your summoning go? Yeah, my summoning, so for me, I, d- I did not touch the newest banner, the Amir and more banner. Uh, I am in orb-saving mode as I wait for the Brave Heroes to be uh, added in August. Uh, but, that being said, we did have a summer banner, so I can talk about that. I did get a random four-star upgrade for Fallen Burkut, so that was new to me. Uh, that was... Probably on another banner, I'm not sure where he came from, but uh, on the summer banner specifically, part two of the summer banners, I did get a four star upgrade for Loki, two five star Julians, like straight up five stars. So that was that was fun. Uh, Olwyn, summer Erica, and then I got a Marianne, uh, a four star upgrade Azura, then finally a Summer Thor plus Loki. And a spark for Summer Niffle, so a good chunk of five-star heroes from that yeah. Summer Banner. Um,
1: no, no four-star Summer Um, Leon or Lion?
0: Oh, you know what? I do have him, and I'm not sure why. So, yeah, that's a good question. I did get him, yeah. Uh, okay. I just didn't put that you in. You got those. all
1: of them from the Summer Banner, too, just forgot about the four star focus dude
0: i did i did i forgot um and i and technically i haven't uh gotten summer niffle yet because uh i'm waiting a couple days i'm maximizing my fay pass so i have to subscribe and then go in and get uh my spark but the plan is to spark uh and get summer niffle so okay
1: so what about your five free summons for the new banner have you not done those yet
0: i think i've done the bulk of them uh but nothing so far i have been sort of trying to get someone on the banner um yeah but yeah nothing yet just a bunch of three and four stars and i i feel like that's where my luck will probably stick with that banner we'll see i think i have one more ticket to get uh but like i said yeah waiting for the brave heroes in august i mean i don't know I think we'll have one more special heroes banner before that, if I'm not mistaken, or...
1: I um, have to double-check the calendar, but I uh, guess the first banner of August will be a special heroes banner, so...
0: Yeah, so I'll have to remain strong if I want to I wa- I save my orbs. I try to get all the brave heroes, and usually that does require a good chunk of orbs. So that's the plan right now.
1: I've. I mean, one... They do do that thing now where on the brave banner they usually give you sparks enough to get all four of them. But I've also learned that you know pushing on the brave heroes is kind of a trap because they just get added to the pool, so you have chances, you have more chances than on special heroes, who go away after a while, you know, until the next year. So true. But each their own. But uh, we speaking of the calendar, when we double checked when that next banner was, uh, we are a little late this week as we wait for the banner to record. That said, there's still plenty coming before we next record on the first week of August. Uh, we start off with a round of Summer Duels S starting tomorrow on the 21st along with a Summer Special Hero Banner Revival for Summer Vibrance and the Summer Refreshes Special Hero Banner Revival right on its heels on the 22nd. We get a new round of Arena and Ordeals quests on the 24th followed by another Round of Hall of Forms on the 25th. The 26th brings us our next Mythic Hero, along with all that comes with it, before we gear up for a July 30th voting gauntlet uh, on with a login bonus starting on the 27th. Another pair of Special Hero banner revivals, uh, this time with uh, the Special Hero Special Rate, uh, so uh, boosts there, in, for a Sketchy Summer and Norian Summer on the 28th and 29th, respectively with a Bound Hero Battle revival for Shinon and Gatri popping up on the 28th as well. Our next planned recording is set for the first when we are getting a new skills banner for push skills. So quite a bit going on over the next couple of weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, not slowing down. The game is just keep on trucking. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we don't have time to slow down tonight because we've got quite a few heroes to cover, starting with the Special Heroes Taken by the Tide, which was our second summer banner this year. Uh, as we expected, it is a uh, original character banner. However, as, as you know, I wasn't quite expecting, it is not at all focused on uh, last year's units, Regan and all them, but focusing on Loki and company, as well as Niffle, who got introduced last year during the um, uh, first... Uh, during the first uh, segmented or however you want to call it uh, tempest trial run, um, but uh, that you know also the uh, I'll learn how to talk one of these days maybe. Also joining the original uh, character units are a bunch of um, second stones characters joining or sacred stones. Why I said second I don't know. Characters joining them as Erica Leon and. Uh, I believe it was Seth. Yes, Seth joined them. Uh, Seth being the Tempest Trial unit.
0: Yeah, and we're going to kick things off with Erica, the Beach Restorer. Erica, the Princess of Renee, has come to join us for the Summer Festival. Erica is a green Tome flyer hero wielding Caring Conch, which accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. If unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally grants attack-slash-speed-slash-defense-slash-resistance plus 5 to unit during combat, neutralizes effects that prevent unit's follow-up attacks, and inflicts special cooldown charge minus 1 on foe per attack. And also, after combat, of unit attacked, inflicts guard on target and foes within 2 spaces of target. Only the highest value applied, doesn't stack. She has 2 new skills, with the first being in the B slot called Moonlit Bangle F, which enables Kanto remaining 1, Uh, or Canto 1, neutralizes effects that inflict special cooldown charge minus X on unit during combat, deals damage equal to X percent of foe's defense when special triggers, X is equal to unit's max special cooldown count times 10 divided by 20. Her other new skill is in the C slot called Attack Slash Speed Oath 4, where at start of turn, if unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants Attack Slash Speed plus 6 and the following status to unit per one turn. Unit can move to a space adjacent to any ally within two spaces. If unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed plus three to unit during combat. Rounding out her kit is Luna as a special and steady impact in the A slot. So pretty, uh, beefy kit. Lots going on there. But, uh, yeah, our first sacred stones character here on the banner and, um, no, uh, no Ephraim to, to speak of on the banner. Although, uh, he does get mentioned in the, in the Tempest Trial story there a little bit. So, uh, because lion Ly- or Leon or however you want to call it is, is there and they have a conversation about that, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also have joining her, um, Niffle, tropical ice guy, uh, is, who was introduced last year, uh, through the, uh, Fjorm, fire and ice Tempest Trial series. Uh, Gets an alt version here and what is probably what we could, would consider hell for her. As an ice god, she is not quite comfortable in the hot summer heat. She is a colorless mannequin Cavalry Unit wielding the weapon Chill Breath, which boosts her uh, special. Uh, cool down count minus one accelerator special. If she initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, she gets attack speed plus six during combat neutralizes effects that guarantee foe's follow-up attacks, and also if her speed is greater than or equal to uh, the foe's speed, plus 5, the foe cannot counterattack. And it does have the usual uh, Dragonstone effect of if the range is, uh, if they're attacking from 2, they calculate the lower of defense or res. uh, She also comes with a new skill called SR Neat Trace, which gives her Kanto remaining minus plus 1, and inflict speed minus res on uh, foe during combat, and I believe that's actually near trace because she's using a dragon stone, which is usually a close up weapon. Uh, there was a typo in what I'm reading it off of so where it said neat. Um, she has her uh, special skill domain of ice that her original version came with, as well as glimmer and attack speed catch four
0: so obviously we addressed it at the top of the top of the topic here about how normally they would have done book 4 how do you how do you feel about them kind of I think
1: book 5 but yeah.
0: yeah right book 5 how do you feel about them kind of looking at the tempest Trial series that they did last year bringing in nifl and obviously thor and loki having a connection to the sort of overarching story that's been going on since the very beginning um you know you and i didn't really like book 5 or the characters we like some of the characters but not the ones that they likely were going to go with
1: I liked Reagan. Yes,
0: yeah. So did I. I I
1: liked, I yeah. liked um, Dagger and Not. I think that's a list of characters from the last book that I liked. So <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't know, really Dagger make a summer Knot already got Yeah, Dagger Not already got a New Year's version. I think Reagan was even in New Year's as was... Uh, what's his name? Odor? Fafnir. Oh, Fafnir. Oh, Fafnir. No, Odor. Yeah. Odor can never get an alt and I'm fine with that. Yes, um,
0: Odor is like the... I mean,
1: it's kind of a mixed bag. It's like like we were like I'm saying there. There's not that many characters that I'm super impressed with from the last book, and that probably had one of the larger cast of characters li- than lately. And but this also, I mean, maybe they'll still get a chance, but it kind of suggests that there's little to no chance of them ever getting a summer vanner, unless because we're going back to um you know Asker and Embla, we might not get a summer vanner for this book either.
0: True. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah,
1: I mean, if it works, I, I like, you know, it's fun to see Niffle, you know, all not liking the sun at all, trying to hide from the sun in the s- summer setup. up. Yeah, she does like, I believe, if I recall correctly from her end thing, uh, she does like the ice pops and all
0: who doesn't who doesn't. Uh, we also have Lion Sunlit Prince. Prince Lion of Grotto has come to visit the tropical island And what a special occasion this is for him, apparently this is the first time he's ever been on vacation at the seaside. Lion is a red sword infantry hero wielding Coral Saber Plus, where if Unit initiates combat, or is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash defense plus five to Unit during combat, and Unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. Being the four-star hero on the banner, Lion has no new skills, but rounding out his kit is Moonbow as a special attack slash defense ideal three in the a slot and lull attack slash defense three in the b slot so not much going on there again four star hero on the banner but still nice to see more sacred stones being added into the game and uh i i know we played through sacred stones as a game club and i i feel like lion he he obviously had some some roles to play in the game, but I've really appreciated, uh, all of his additions to, to Fire Emblem heroes and, and getting those conversations that he's had with, you know, Ephraim and Erica and, and such, um, outside of the context of, uh, the full game where he is clearly the bad guy.
1: I mean, yeah, they, it's nice to see more to him, more of the side that, you know, they hint at, you know, try to show, but it's, you know, really kind of hard to show in the game in sacred stones so it's nice to be able to flesh him out a bit more in that you know he was tricked misled i don't know you know yeah so it's nice to see that yeah but uh next we have on the banner is our uh duo hero which is thor and loki uh another original characters introduced here we've have them flirting around in the background. We fight off Thor on a regular basis with the Mjolnir Strike, and Loki just loves cawing, causing chaos wherever she can go. Uh, they are joining on this banner as a Blue Tome Flyer Unit. They wield. Uh, they have the Duo Skill where they inflict gravity on foes in cardinal directions of a unit that and neutralize any bonus on active active on foes within five rows and five columns centered on the unit. So. of the map. uh, Does not neutralize stat bonuses on foes inflicted with panic. So if your bonuses are already working against you, it doesn't uh, stop that. They wield the Divine Whimsy, which accelerates special trigger. At the start of turn, it inflicts exposure and stall on foes on the enemy team with the lowest speed, and any foes within two spaces of those foes through their next actions. And also, if unit is within two spaces of an ally, Grants a special cooldown count minus 1 to the unit. At the start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, it grants attack plus 6 to unit and inflicts attack minus 6 on foe during combat. Uh, Exposure is where foes' attacks deal plus 10 damage. So it does extra damage to the air, is what exposure does. Uh, They do not have any new skills, uh, but I believe they have Thor's... uh, uh, mythic skill, or I can't remember if she was mythic or legendary, but her special skill of World Breaker. They also come with Blazing Thunder, Stillwater 4, and AR Far Trace 3. So,
0: Yeah, the addition of uh, a Thor plus Loki duo in the Summer Banner here, and uh, I think this is our first special heroes version of Thor, because she was added late last year, if I'm remembering correctly, as a new hero, right?
1: Well, I believe so. I don't think we have a ton of other Thors. I think we got the regular version of Thor as like a two mythic heroes on a banner type situation. Yeah. At some point. Can't remember for sure, but.
0: I was just going to look. We have
1: very limited Thors. I was trying to look it up myself.
0: It's hard because there's a lot of. There's a lot. There's like Thoron basically uh, takes up all the search on GamePress. So it's hard to. uh, It's hard to get a good grasp on it, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm fairly confident, but I know we have a, a bunch of versions of Loki as she's been in the game since, well, she's been in the game since the beginning, but uh, they haven't really, they haven't really added a lot of special versions of Loki until she, I think she got her brave unit. If I'm remembering correctly, it's yep. the problem with a six year old game. You're trying to remember, <laughs> you know, uh, all the, all the things that came before. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it is nice it is nice to see them sort of look back at some of the extra supporting characters that they've had throughout the years and give them some special hero versions, especially like when you said, you know, I don't know if book five was received as, as well as um, the others. And I I agree with you. I think if you look at book six, there are, there's a limited amount of heroes that they could do to, uh, to create like a summer banner. And they usually do get, um, attention on the new year's banner. So I would imagine we'll get, you know, uh, the, uh, Lissa's aunt or whatever. I can't remember her, uh, her name for some reason, even though she was, she was just present not too long ago, but, uh, she'll likely get a new year's banner, uh, mm-hmm. hero, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really good to see. So hopefully we see more of this sort of exploration into other characters that they've introduced and, I mean, obviously we're going to have another hero that we'll talk about later thanks to the uh, Tempest Trials story series that they've just kicked off. Let us take a look at the final hero for the Summer Banner that we're going to be talking about tonight, which is Seth Silver Sea Knight. Seth is a general of Renee, who some call the Silver Knight. This appearance sees him wearing a swimsuit for the beach as he escorts Princess Erica on her summer vacation. Seth is an axe cavalry hero wielding seahorse axe plus where if unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash defense plus 5 to unit during combat, and unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. Being the Tempest Trials unit, he has no new skills, but his kit is rounded out by rally up speed plus as an assist, speed slash defense catch 3 in the A slot, and defense tactic 3 in the C slot. So if you look at the listings of Sacred Stones characters and you need a four star hero and you need a Tempest Trials hero, uh, you kind of go to Lion and and Seth, like in terms of completing like a core grouping, um, because I don't think you could have put Ephraim as the four star hero. I I don't know if you could have put him in that slot, but I could be wrong.
1: I mean, they've done weird things. They put Claude as a four star hero,
0: so that is very true possible, so yeah, he wasn't even upside down for that. So it's probably, probably yeah. how that worked. Yeah, so I mean not not much to say about uh about Sathy. He, he, you know, in terms of a Tempest Trials unit, like the only thing I'll say is that he's not not listed on the Meet the Heroes page under the new heroes. So maybe maybe Faye doesn't have much to say about him either. So there you go. Um but hey, let's uh let's move into our next banner because again, we are doubling up our heroes this week. And Valencia is back with Ascended, Celica, and Amir granting us a new Shadow of the Valencia banner. That's right, we have two batches of heroes to discuss this episode with new heroes joining the game this week. We return to Valencia with the help of Amir, who has introduced in the conclusion to the Tempest Trials event, Life and Death 1. Uh, we actually got a couple of, you know, mysterious figures in the Life and Death 1 story series but uh, it turns out it wasn't the first mysterious figure that was unveiled first it was a brand new uh hero which is Amir um the goddess of life I know we're gonna get to it uh down the road here but I think that's what she is right sure we'll go with that sure okay well she was you know confusing. what
1: confusing she was kind of confusing so
0: it was certainly yeah. felt like a rushed introduction <laughs> um and you know maybe we can talk about it yeah
1: it wasn't even that it was necessarily rushed, it was more that, you know, apparently she's she's not Air's actual mother or father, but she served them, but she is, as her subtitle labels, the life mother, so she was like a servant of Air's parents, who were, I guess, life dragons, or... It's very confusing and not well explained, and she sacrificed herself to save Air from Ganglot, who yeah. is the other mysterious figure who... We met
0: mm. yeah well uh let's let's talk about the uh tempest trials event before we move out of the the hero section but but let's kick things off with celica let's let's return to Valencia.
1: yep uh we start off with celica valentia's hope which is an ascended version of celica uh, she is a colorless tome infantry unit she um uh wields milla's testament which accelerates her special trigger if she initiates combat or is within two spaces of an alley grants attack speed plus six to eat her during combat and neutralizes effects that inflict special cooldown charge minus x on unit deals damage to 10 equal to ten percent of foe's attack and also if her unit is greater than or equal to twenty five percent and foe would reduce her unit or health to zero, she will survive with uh, one hit point. Once per combat, does not stack with non-special effects that allow her to survive with 1 HP, uh, if the foe's attack would reduce it to 0. Uh, she does come with a new skill called uh, Infantry Null Follow 3. SR of Turn grants Null no Follow-Up to Infantry Allies within two spaces of her. Um, she also comes with her uh, legendary skill Solo Sophia Moonbow, and Life and Death 4 of course as the ascended unit she does get her free ascended tree.
0: Mhm. So um I love this design and oh, I got yeah. I got to ask so. like it's been a while since we played Shadows of Valencia. It feels like this is like a more of an earlier design for Selica, like more of a early game design am I mistaken in that or is this is cuz no. this isn't late game regal Selica, right?
1: So Looking at it, it looks kind of like this might of what it might be an idea of what a brave design would be like. She kind of has like the um i believe at one point Alm had a shield on his arm and she has that on her left arm there mm-hmm. kinda like a built in shield um but yeah, it's just it's hard to really pin it. It's really nice, really it kind of fits as regal and during the discussion in the um uh forging bonds, they acknowledge that she is a princess, so they know about that by then. So it would be mid to late game, if not post game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like maybe this is post game but not quite like king and queen, Ahm um, and Selika. Yeah. But you're right. I do get the sense that this is a uh um a more or powerful maybe an outfit
1: she wears when she's not, you know, playing the role of king or queen. A relaxed yeah. up it for her.
0: I, I mean, I Close love skin. the cape. i love the the shield is awesome, like if you actually look at um, I
1: think like heroes' units hero characters have that somewhat regularly. a shield sitting on their arm. yeah, her
0: damage art has a, a really good um, look at that shield and and how it I, I don't know if it's like if it like kind of it's just a better it's just a more forward look at the shield as opposed to um in her other in the other
1: kind of looks like the shield uh, floats out when she pulls it up like that.
0: Yeah. Spreads I was just going to say it looks more compact in the other versions, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really cool design. I mean, I was surprised honestly to see an ascended Selica. Like, I mean, they've kind of, they, they've been, they've been really random with their ascended heroes and kind of like choosing more. And this is, I guess our second sacred stones ascended hero. Cause we got Joshua not too long ago. Um, but like, yeah, it, it just seems like this is, did we, we already, I guess we already got a brave Celica. So they're, they're kind of like, okay, let's go back to Celica. Let's give her another upgraded unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to worry about stepping on the toes of possibly, uh, the player base choosing her to be a, a brave hero. Cause we've already done that. So. I mean, yeah.
1: even if they did quote unquote step on the toes, that doesn't mean they couldn't find another design for a brave design, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's take a look at Est, sweet baby sis. Here's Est, a pegasus knight from the continent of Arcanea, a cheerful, upbeat hero. She's the youngest of three sisters. One day, she found herself captured by pirates and taken across the sea to Valencia. Fortunately, her sisters Pala and Katria rushed to her rescue. With the help of new Valencian allies, they freed her from the pirates' clutches. Est is a blue lance flyer hero wielding tri-edge lance which enables canto remaining plus 1 grants attack plus 3 if unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus 5 to unit and deals damage equal to 20% of unit's resistance and reduces damage from the foe's first attack by 40% during combat she has a new skill in the b slot called flow feather 3 if unit initiates combat neutralizes effects that prevent unit's follow up attacks during combat and also, if unit speed is greater than or equal to foes, speed minus 10 deals damage during combat equal to 70% of difference between resistance stats, the unit's resistance minus the foe's resistance, and reduces damage from foe's attacks by 70% of that damage. This is excluding area of effect specials, uh, minimum of 0, a max of 7. Rounding out her kit is iceberg as a special and attack slash resistance push 4 in the A slot. So a random uh, white wing sister here, uh, with Est. And again, like I think continuing with the conversation of Celica, uh, it really feels like they've given her more of a, like a post game look, um, in that she's kind of been upgraded with a more, we save the world outfit <laughs> type thing. Um, mm-hmm. although I'm pretty sure she like goes back to Arcane at the end of that game. I-, I can't recall specifically, but
1: well, she, she and her siblings, uh, Callen- where Pala and Katria are the one of very few units that are in all three of the original, the first three games, the Arcania game trilogy. So they do go back at least to a degree. Yeah. True. And we never meet the guy she, I think, married and opened a shop with. But, or maybe she was just opening a shop. I thought she had married someone to open the shop, but we never really meet them, I don't think.
0: Yeah. Like I remember them talking about the shop.
1: Yeah. My saying is she was opening the shop with her husband or whatever, but never met the husband, that I recall. Hard to say for sure. But uh, one character we did meet in Valentia is Kamui, the Wandering Blade. Uh, rounding out the trio of Valbar, uh, Leon, and Kamui, uh, he finally joins the game in uh, this banner as the four-star unit. Uh, he wields the Upfront front blade plus, which at the start of combat, if his uh, if foe's HP is seventy five percent or greater, it grants him attack speed plus five to him and neutralizes penalties on attack speed during combat. He has a four star focus. He does not have any new skills, but he does come with speed, defense, ideal, attack, attack defense, oath, and Luna.
0: So the four star uh, hero here. I
1: forgot to mention he is a red sword infantry unit.
0: Uh, I don't, you know, not much to. Right, homeboat, this guy. But yeah, now that you mention it, I'm kind of looking a little further here. Yeah, he was, he was associated with Valbar.
1: Oh, yeah, and in yeah. his uh, Forging Bonds, you have him chanting with Valbar and Leon.
0: Yep, so what else we got? We all, Well, here's the big hero, and I mean, this might be a good segment to discuss the, her appearance in the Life and Death 1 series. But we have Amir, Life Mother. The realm of Amir is the complete opposite of Hell's Realm of the Dead. It's named after Emir herself, a gentle dragon who protects this realm of life where new lives are nurtured. Seems that Emir knows Air rather well. In fact, Air originally came from her realm. Later on, Air was taken to the realm of the dead and was robbed of her memories. That's that sounds awfully familiar. Where have I heard that before? Uh, After being introduced at the end of the Life and Death One story, Emir joins Fire Emblem Heroes as a green dragon. Cavalry hero wielding ever-living breath grants attack plus 3. If a rally skill or movement assist skill like reposition, shove, pivot, etc. is used by unit or targets unit, restores 10 HP to allies within 2 spaces of unit and target after movement, then neutralizes any penalty on those allies. This includes unit and target, does not stack even if effect ranges of unit and target overlap. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus 5 to unit during combat, and unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. If foe's range is equal to 2, calculates damage using the lower of foe's defense or resistance. She has a new skill in the B slot called A slash R, sorry, A slash R near trace 3, which enables Kanto remaining plus 1. Inflicts attack slash resistance minus three on foe during combat. She also has a new skill in the C slot called Everliving Domain, where if unit is within two spaces of any allies, grants defense slash resistance plus four, and the following effect to unit and those allies during combat. If unit's HP is greater than or equal to 75% and foe would reduce unit's HP to zero, unit survives with one HP. Once per combat, does not stack with non-special effects that allow unit to survive with one HP if foes attack reduce HP to 0. Rounding out her kit is Rally Up Attack Plus as an assist and Attack Slash Resistance Unity in the A slot. So, this is a hero that was uh, rather quickly introduced at the end of the uh, Life and Death Tempest Trial Story um, 1 and uh, quickly became available to summon uh, not too long after.
1: Oh yeah, I suspected like last year with Nifl and Mus um, spell that the, she would eventually be added. I wasn't expecting her this quick. Uh, just curious, did you get your info from Sharena? Uh,
0: you mean the top of the the intro, just the the yeah, flavor text? The yes.
1: Stuff about her. Okay. Because yeah, the the way she talks in the thing, she was like the servant of Aire's parents. But if she owns the realm, then why would she be their servant?
0: Yeah. So maybe uh, her
1: parents were servants of hers, and heir's not actually a princess. Like was claimed in book three. Who knows?
0: It, it's hard it's to say.
1: Hopefully they'll explain it.
0: I'm I'm but sure they will.
1: No, even fire them. They won't.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I pulled this from the official source here. The uh, fireman uh, yeah, heroes. That's,
1: that's what I was asking. And that's where I figured you got it from. I just, you know, it was a weird detail. So if she's the ruler of the realm, then yeah, confusing. Or if she owns the realm and it's named after her.
0: Yeah, it it is confusing. But here's the thing. Uh, it, it seems as though, you know, she's no longer living. She's sacrificed her life to basically keep Air alive after... What's his name? Ganglot, you said?
1: I think it was Ganglot, and I don't know if it's a he or a she, but... Yeah, that's
0: true. The mysterious
1: cloud that we was there to kill Air, I believe, called themselves Ganglot. So, And Mir stepped in and saved her, and I guess if it was similar to... The way um, Nifl and Muspel were, I guess it's possible that Ymir was the god of that realm and, Nifl and or in Eir's parents were the rulers. She's the royal line.
0: It is hard to say. I mean, we don't have a lot of details. I mean, there's more details in the Fire Emblem Heroes Guide than there is in the snippets of dialogue between Emir and Eir. But it was interesting to hear that Eir is not of... The Land of the Dead, but again, like she never really had the
1: Well, we kinda knew she wasn't of the Land of the Dead because um, you know, Hell admitted she had kidnapped her from enemies she had thousands of lives that Hell kept killing off to gain power from. So Oh, uh,
0: okay. You remember book three a lot more than I did. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, it's uh I'm looking forward to more entries. I mean it's I wonder if we'll get like you know, I mean, we're looking at another. I wonder if we'll get another, uh, another new hero from this lot. It'll be interesting to see uh, with Life and Death too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting we'll eventually get Ganglader or whatever it is.
0: Yes, I agree. We'll definitely get that hero a- at some point. Get to see them
1: and actually get them as a unit, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just like we got New Spell. Also, uh, uh, coming in with this banner, but not actually on the banner in any way, shape, or form, went straight to the three- to four-star unit, uh, so they can keep the number of added units the same uh, for each uh, main series game. Atlas, we we have Atlas, Forest Muscle, uh, joining as a green axe uh, infantry unit. Uh, He wields the Stout Axe Plus, which at the start of combat, if his health is 50% or greater, grants him attack defense plus 5 during combat. And also, if foe can make a follow-up attack, reduces damage from foe's first attack by 50%. Uh, he is a 4-star unit, and since he was thrown straight into 3- to 4-star pool, so he's not even a 5-star unit yet. Um, I don't believe either of his sk- any of his skills are new, uh, but he does come with, th- with threatened attack defense, earth boost, and soul. Uh, so And if you don't remember Atlas, he was a character on the Silica side of Valentia. A woodcutter who uh, joins up to help protect people in, around him. Awesome. So.
0: Yeah, it's good to see Atlas arrive in the game. Uh, and we have one more hero here.
1: Yes, the most infamous one. The one everyone knows. Go ahead, Ryan. Introduce
0: him. Yeah, of course. The one everyone knows. The uh, nameless brigand boss, the known criminal. He doesn't even get a name.
1: Yeah, that that was the weirdest one when I saw that as the grand hero battle unit.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, he is from Shadows of Valencia. Uh, Brigand boss was once the leader of a small band of brigands who operated near Ram Village in Valencia. You may have heard of the place. Anyway, I hear they kept busy stealing from nearby villages and kidnapping the occasional traveling cleric. Brigham Boss is an Axe Infantry unit wielding the or joining the game as a Grand Hero Battle unit who wields Vulture Axe Plus, where if unit is not adjacent to an ally, inflicts penalty on foe's attack slash defense during combat equal to 5 plus any current penalty on each of those stats. So for example, if foe has minus 7 penalty to attack, uh, inflicts attack minus 12 for a net penalty of attack minus 19 during combat. Calculates each stat penalty independently no new skill since this is the GHB unit of the group, but has Dragon Fang as a special, Chill Speed slash Defense 2 in the B slot, and Attack Smoke 3 in the C slot. Um, Eddie, I know you've been waiting a long time for Brigand Boss to, to come to the game.
1: Yeah, so. that was one of the weirdest ones I've ever seen. And looking at the description inside uh, the game, uh, Briganders set up a hideout in a shrine to the east of Ram Village. Uh, he's either a guy who you fight in the first little dungeon or, you know, random no-name brigand in there, or he's, um, like, the guy you fight as a bunch of children in the tutorial. Can't remember which, but, you know, he's just doesn't have a name. Yeah.
0: World so famous, known around the Fire Emblem worlds as the biggest, baddest boss. So there you go. Uh, well, hey... You know, uh, maybe we had a lot to discuss here in Fire Emblem Heroes and, uh, it seems weird to end it on probably the biggest edition with Brigand Boss, but, uh, we do have lots of other stuff to discuss with, uh, the Outrealm Gate. Um, first up though, we wanted to give a quick update. This is some new information that was just, uh, discussed earlier this week. We have additional information regarding the 3DS eShop closure, um, Now, this is this is marked as Europe, but I believe it's 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 across the board. But um, essentially what happens is the Wii U and 3DS eShop are closing on March 27th, 2023. Um, And yeah, this is this is saying the European version, but I'd be surprised if it didn't affect everything. But um, now I'm second guessing myself because the way that so this is an article in Serene's Forest, uh, but basically it sounds like the European version Fire Emblem Fates will uh, stop being sold one month early on February 28th, 2023. Because I guess the way that digital version was sold is you downloaded it, and then you had to pick and purchase a path afterwards. Yeah,
1: this was something I think they did in Japan as well, um, where you'd buy Fates, you wouldn't buy a specific path, you'd play up to Chapter 6, and then whichever side you chose to go with you would then download the rest of the game for that side, whether you you download the Birthright or Conquest data, and then you could buy the other sides and eventually Revelations later on. Uh, in America, they just sold it as Birthright or uh, Conquest, and then you would buy the third one, Revelation, later on if you wanted it. So um, apparently because of the way that one works in case, to hopefully prevent, you know, upset people who not realizing how it works in uh europe and possibly japan as well um they're ending it a little early on the 28th of february next year instead of the 27th however um just a quick reminder uh you only have till the 29th of august this year to be able to add funds to the eShop with and currently only through prepaid eShop cards so you'd have to Find somewhere to buy a prepaid E ship cards and add the funds that way. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, you can't add uh, funds through a credit slash debit card right now. They've they've that's been removed. I think it was in April or May.
1: It was removed sometime earlier this year. I don't remember exactly when, but yeah, on the 29th of August, you won't even be able to add them through that. So if you don't have the money in there by then, you aren't getting it in there. Uh, yeah. All DLC will continue until the 27th of March, including the additional story campaign so if you get it early february and you still have time if you don't get in there before the 28th to pick your route and buy the other routes if you want them
0: and nintendo has stated they've said again that um for the foreseeable future you'll be able to download and update um games that you've already purchased but again i mean they haven't done it to the wii yet you i'm pretty sure you can still download your your games that you purchased for the wii uh cool. and the wii u so um although i guess the wii u is part of this this whole closure thing but yeah i mean it's we've obviously talked about it before but it really feels like Fire Emblem fates is a game greatly affected by this i mean there's going to be a whole path that you're not going to be able to access um but that being said I, I guess there was all three paths sold on a cart uh without the need for dlc yes
1: you get the limited edition or special edition Yeah. You would have them all on one card, one cart cartridge.
0: But the chances of finding that,
1: I mean. At at a reasonable price are slim to none.
0: Yeah. So. Uh,
1: Yep. We're we're not going to go over. uh, Other thing we have to discuss before we get into Waking is uh, Three Hopes. We're not going over much. Uh, Still working through it, still playing it. I'm in part two and chapter 11 or 12, grinding up some classes and levels, getting all my characters equalized out to a degree. Uh, I'm not sure where Ryan is. I'm sure he's making progress, but we have such a packed show. We don't have time to go into much of the details of it right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've made it into part two. Um, I've slowed down a little bit. Uh, although I realize I probably should get back to it before Xenoblade Chronicles three comes out. But uh, yeah, as Eddie said, I'll, I'll try to get some more time into it before we return uh, for our next episode. We have a week
1: or so until that happens. Yeah, we're good. I'm not worrying about Xenoblade day 1
0: so well i'm uh, i'm hoping to pick it up day 1 we'll we'll see how busy i am but uh it is the plan and
1: yeah, knowing me i'll probably end up picking up day 1 or shortly after but as of right now i'm not worried about it
0: yeah well that's good that's good uh let's go into game club here cuz we have five uh, no four chapters to discuss for Fire Emblem Awakening uh this time focusing solely on paralogs starting off with paralog 7 noble lineage which is the brady paralogue um i usually put the uh, yes mary Bell's, uh son uh time to protect some villagers with from some more bandits exclamation point that's what we're doing here the map starts with our crew in a fortified position surrounded by enemy soldiers to recruit brady you can have maribel or crom speak with him not a hard feat since you all start in the middle of the map inside the fortress But after a few defensive turns, you can start to make your way out into the wider parts of the map and take on the final boss, Zalbador, to finish the map. Uh, This is obviously Brady is the character who has uh, he's a priest. He has a but everyone mistakes him for a bandit, Um, although the villagers uh, know that he's not a bandit and they and they treat him with uh, with the respect that he's that he's earned there by protecting the villagers. Although Maribel is, is not too sure about Brady. So, uh, but yeah, this, it was a, yeah,
1: she admits, she accepts that she's, his, uh, he's her son, but she she's like shocked that her son would turn out like this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But it was a, it, it was a fun chapter. I love the turtling maps. We don't have many of them that I remember from awakening that, that we played so far, but I love the idea that this is straight up a turtle map. You just mm-hmm. batten down the hatches, and then when you're ready, you just flood out of that fortress, and uh, and and finish up out the map. So I, I really dug yeah, this not, one.
1: Not as rough or strict as the uh, Tiki Turtle map, where you can't oh. risk rushing out because they'll get in there and slaughter Tiki on you. But.
0: Yeah, it's the, this one's a lot lot better. So
1: yeah. Uh, the next one we have is Paralogue 10, Ambivalence, Severa's Map, which is Cordelia's daughter. We find a band of bandits with two unique additions, a young, one a young girl who the lead bandit has something of hers, and the other a villager who is clearly out of his depths. Upon arriving, if you speak to Severa, who is a green unit on the map with Cordelia, she will comment about it, but insists she be allowed to talk to the villager and she will join our army. You then protect her as she moves up to the villager while also dealing with the other enemies. Once she talks to him and talks the villager into leaving, she joins you, and afterwards you find out that she is Cordelia's daughter, who puts on a tough exterior, but just truly wants her mother, whom she lost, back. As they have a nice conversation, Sever being kind of rude and harsh, but you find out that it's because she's afraid, having lost her mother already, to lose her again. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I thought this was uh, an interesting map um, having to protect an NPC who you, you can speak to her before she makes her way to uh, not Donald as I've put here, because it, it straight yep. up looked like an adult Donald even with the, with the pothead and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but uh, you, you can talk to her, but she is just so dead set on rescuing her friend that you have to wait until they are, uh reunited before you can have that conversation
1: the way way you recruit her is letting her speak to donald Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah, i like that i thought that was a nice touch and it fits to her character as well like she's got a mission to go there save her friend and then she will have a conversation with you so it worked out quite well uh next we have paralogue 15 a shot from the dark which is the noir uh paralogue which is uh daughter Again, I usually put it in the notes. It's in there. It's just a little farther down. Surrounded by enemies, <laughs> Tharja's daughter, Noir, is located in the northeast portion of the map. She's recruited right from the beginning of the map, which is good because you'll need to keep her from harm's way until your main army can back her up. Working your way towards the boss, our crew defeats Ezra on the other side of the map. Um, this was a fairly straightforward map. Uh, again, you have no real reason why but you have noir under your control right away like no story reasons there's a gameplay reason is because if you don't if you don't have the ability to control her you you might she she could the ai would, might get her killed right
1: i mean it's more of a story reason through, through which they explain she like gets kidnapped by this group of bandits she seems all meek and then as the start of turn 2 she grabs her talisman and starts screaming and becoming very violent and magically gets a bow which she can use to start shooting <laughs> but i mean in my experience on the map they really weren't that heavily going after her until a couple turns so not sure how hard you really needed her controllable as long as she didn't try and run into them but it was nice to have her right away she just joins you automatically mm-hmm. so
0: i mean as you said like you you she is kind of in this like enclosed area, so the units, and this is another critical thing. She's an archer unit, and all the other enemy units have to fly around uh, this structure, meaning like you kind of funnel them in and, and you have advantage on them uh, because you're an archer.
1: She's an archer, so she could pick off the flyers, and then the mounted units had to run through a bunch of forest, which slowed them down, which gave me plenty of turns to get up to her. You know, however, there was one map. Where they did not give me plenty of turns to get to the character you had to <laughs> rescue, and that would be Paralogue twenty, a hard miracle, which is the Emerin Paralogue, which was one of the ones that was added through spot pass, uh one of the things where it was slowly added over time after the game came out. The crew arrive at a uh at find a village under attack from uh Grimlil fanatics who have been kidnapping and sacrificing women to Grima. They find one woman who has information, and it turns out to be Emeryn, thought dead but alive with no memory and rudimentary vocabulary. After fighting off a sudden attack by the Gremlion, they decide to bring Emeryn along uh, with hopes of her recovering her memory, even though it might cause her pain. Uh, That's one of the points in that storyline. I'm like, why would the memories cause her pain? She really wasn't that hated. She, you know, the... uh, Plegians were being duped by Gangrel, and the Ulyssians loved her. I don't recall her getting a lot of hatred that would cause her pain to remember, but they say that, you know.
0: Would she not remember falling off a cliff, though? Like being pushed to her death? That,
1: that, might, be, that might be a little traumatic, but. Yeah. You know, the other <laughs> memories. They, they talk in the s- story like, oh, her remembering all the hatred and stuff. So- what hatred? The Grimleel? I mean, or the Plegians? That was primarily from Gangrel. You know, most of the non-Gangrel sycophants weren't actually hating on her; they were loving on her because she was not what Gangrel had advertised, as we know from Mustafa in that map shortly after. So, you know, but this this was a tough map; lots of strong enemies, and you pretty much need a rescue staff to pull Emran out of danger early on. Because I tried once where I was running my characters over to her as quick as I could, and yeah, like the Guys coming down at her got there and smacked her dead in one turn. Mm. So
0: I had to start over a couple times. Uh, I am playing on casual mode, so I did lose heroes, but I kept losing um, Robin or Krom, um,
1: which would automatically restart.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if I lost other characters, I wasn't too worried about it. But you're right. Like you can get a rescue staff on the map. It's like it's so required that they actually give you one if you visit the village. Um, to the West.
1: But even that's kind of tough. Cause unless you have a, um, mounted unit that can run a good distance to be able to grab her after you get the staff, still not enough. You're not going to get there quick enough. You Very have, like, true. Two turns before they reach her and kill her. So I gave Lissa a rescue staff right away. And on my first turn, I pulled her out of the out of the range.
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually used a rescue staff on her twice just to pull her further south. Uh, and then I created a barrier around her, um, and then eventually, like once the reinforcements slowed down i would i kind of pushed forward um, yep. and you know it like it's a very tough map. It took me four or five times to actually get a strategy that worked, and I mean, these spot pass maps, if they're all this difficult, uh man, this was a really hmm. rough one.
1: oh, yeah, this one was pretty tough, and some of them have weird recruitment rules, uh like some of them it's talk to the unit or multiple times, not just once. Really? Uh huh. yeah, I think Gangrel, you have to talk to Gangrel with Krom 3 times to get him recruited. So, mm-hmm. if you aren't worried about spoilers, which sorry, already spoiled there. Uh you might want to look it up on Strange Forest or somewhere to verify how to recruit them if you're cert- if you're certain you want the characters in your army before you go to end game.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, I'm definitely going to be looking at guides for that because uh I I, haven't, I don't think I've done the, all of the spot pass uh, maps. I remember Emren's, um, but I think because it was so difficult, and I remember my first playthrough was with, in classic mode, uh, I would have really struggled with these harder spot pass maps.
1: I, remember, uh, I lost Sh on this map. I had turned her into a... Well, it doesn't matter what she was. She just got smacked down, and Maribel was in there. just had to hide her after the first round, because Maribel can't dodge for crap.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well uh yeah speaking of the paralogues next episode we will be discussing the five remaining spot pass paralogues which are the villains and priam so we'll be talking about those and then uh the episode after that we'll be wrapping up game club with Endgame and well the wrap-up conversation and where we go from there well we will certainly discuss that in the coming uh coming episodes too so stay tuned for that but Eddie, that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Be sure to visit us on the web at GamersInPodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, Faye at GamersInPodcast.com. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at DrellFear. And don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out SerenesForce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.